Ladies and gentlemen, due to unforeseen circumstances, Crumbly and Fake Keith have been eaten by dragons. Did you hear that? What? Oh, is it coming? It's coming again! Oh, crikey! Uh, I told you not to roll a 20! Welcome to Staggering Stories Podcast 421. In lieu of Crumbly, <laughs> I'm Jean. I'm Adam. And I am merely Keith, because yes. there's no fake Keith. No. no, no and no, I've changed seats, so it's going to change <laughs> the order in which we call our yeah. names, and it's going to be all discombobulated. It's all, it's all out of whack. Yeah. All out, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go home. Yeah, yeah. So you, you have the um, cut-down version of the Staggering Stories team today. So without further ado... Here's the news with El Presidente. Woo-hoo! Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo! Woo-hoo! This is the BBC! Do not listen to the others! They are the false prophets! Doctor Who news! Woo-hoo. Oh, yeah. Eighth Doctor gets another era. Mm. For the love of... Those organ mon- audio mongers at Big Finish are giving Paul McGann's Eighth Doctor yet another era of his life to play in. Mm-hmm. This one early in his incarnation, certainly before Lucy Miller, possibly sandwiched betwixt her and Charlie. Ooh, uh, mm. misses. <laughs> Jay Griffiths of Bugs fame, plus Magician's Apprentice and Zygon Invasion, will play new companion Lady Audacity Montague from the Regency England. Mm, The two box sets called Audacity and In the Bleak Midwinter will each be three discs, or download equivalent, with five stories in all. David Richardson, producer, said of this... Oh, it's not here. Yeah, okay. We got the wonderful Jane Griffiths bringing her audacity to life brilliantly. Hang on, I hear you cry. Didn't Jane recently play... Oh, God. What's all the names in this one? It's it's Jay, not Jane. (laughs) Play Hieronyma Friend in the Time War Cassie. Shh. Spoilers. (laughs) Spoilers. <laughs> they will be out in November and December of this year. Mm, time more cancer. Okay. No, I heard that. You read the first one. <laughs> I, I, I should read these before I start reading them. For yep. God's sake. So now they finished Stranded, which was that four set. Yeah. Four. Mm. Yeah. They're now doing two sets of three. Yeah. And so we, we, we've put Helen and... Liv, Livchenka. Liv to one side. Yes. So they're and in it, this future. And it buggers up Knight of the Doctor because he listed out his companions it, oh, and yeah, he forgot some oh, there. Well. That got buggered up. That's why he said, and all the rest. <laughs> yeah. 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 As a coverall. I'm sure there were some he didn't mention from books and comics anyway. Yeah. 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 Doctor Who. Mm. Fraser rewrites evil. Hmm. Fraser Simpson Frederick Hines of Nobbly Knees fame is writing a fresh new novelisation of the second Doctor story, The Evil of the Daleks. Yes, 
30 years ago, 1993. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Evil of the Daleks was novelised as the final target book of the original line by John Peel. Not the radio DJ John Peel. No, no, The no, writer no. John Peel. Indeed. There's a certain generation that will understand that. <laughs> this new version appears to be different in that it is novelising the repeat screening after mm. the wheel in space. The Doctor used a telepathic display machine to show Zoe the events of the Evil of the Daleks, which featured Victoria, as a way of warning Zoe and most to justify the repeat. Yeah. <laughs> Hines will yeah. somehow weave Jamie's own imperfect recollections of the adventure into the novel, saying this of it. Jamie presents his own version of some of those events to Zoe, events that still anger him. And while fact and fiction blur inside the TARDIS, a malevolent false watches from outside. Soon Jamie finds himself lured from the safety of the ship into dangers that could end Zoe's travels before they begin, and all their lives as well. The hardback will be released on the 26th of October. Yeah, so at first I heard Fraser Hines is going to do his own new version yeah. of Evil of the... What's the point? We've got yeah. one. But it sounds like it's coming up with a new angle. If I remember right, it's the, as I said, it's the way it was done in the show itself. Yes. Yeah. Which is, I think, rather crafty. Yeah, But it is. also, as it's meant to be Jamie's recollections as well, I'm just wondering, if are we going to have Victoria swooning in his <laughs> Probably. arms? <laughs> Probably. Probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And yeah. then all her clothes fell off. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the direction I'm thinking of. Yeah. Oh Very dear. Doctor Who again. Oh, virtual world tie-in. Mm. Mm. BBC Studios continue their attempts to attract kiddies by having Doctor Who added to such games as Fortnite, Minecraft, and Roblox. Now Reality Plus and the BBC have joined forces to add Doctor Who to the sandbox. Whatever that is. Yeah. It appears that the sandbox is a modern take on Second Life. You don't know that. You're old. I am old. <laughs> Where users can build their own areas inside the metaverse, a shared digital space, but this time using blockchain technology to monetize it. Of course. <laughs> it is currently unclear what Reality Plus will build for the BBC, but we can probably expect a Doctor Who area with blocky exhibits, a mini game or two, and plenty of themed objects for people to buy for their own digital homes. Mm. Yeah, yeah, apparently quite a lot of different brands are going to be in there. Other companies have got their yeah. own areas, there, like Second Life back in the yeah. day. Yeah, yeah, just a modern version of that, I think. But they use blockchain, so what you own is somehow on the blockchain. You can never lose it, but it's unique to you, and therefore they can charge more because you've got a unique version of it. Yeah, money makes the world go round, the world go round. Indeed. <laughs> Network DVD dead. Yeah. Network, a.k.a. Network DVD, a.k.a. Network on Air, the DVD and Blu-ray distributors of inordinate amount of British classic TV and film has reportedly fallen into liquidisation. Ah! <laughs> As of now, there is no official word from their now silent social media accounts, but their website has been down for many days. And people are reporting unexpected refunds on their credit cards for unfulfilled orders. Mm. Network published more series than anyone could reasonably list, but they included many Jerry Anderson series, Sapphire is Still, Star Cops, Press Gang, Callum, Department S, Robin of Sherwood, and even that 94 disc crossroads oh, set. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably what did them. Yeah. yeah. 
we have suddenly lost access to a lot of very good and quite a lot of very bad TV from decades past. Mm. There are people in saying that on Amazon and eBay, the last of the um, supplies are slowly creeping up in price. I bet they are, yeah. yeah. yeah before we started recording, we mentioned Rattle and Hobkirk. I think yeah. they were on network DVD yeah. as well. Yeah. I've got them off I've network. I've got to say, it's... If they own the rights to those, that's quite um, a substantial a substantial back catalogue back catalog to have. It is. I'm surprised that they haven't been able to work something out with a TV company or what have you. Yeah. Because a lot of that stuff is quite popular, not just with old farts like us that remember <laughs> some of it. Well, the but, ITC but, stuff and all but, that, yes. Yeah, yeah, younger generations who, oh, that's where someone had their first career or, yeah. you know, the nostalgia value. Unfortunately, they only did physical media. Yeah. And people just aren't buying physical it's, media it's, anymore. Yeah, it's, it's moved off on from yeah, that. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't go into the streaming side of things. No, streaming, you got ITVX and stuff mm. like that. So, you know, ITC stuff might appear on there. Yeah. The ITV hub. I'm afraid I am old school and I do laugh every now and then by young school people who get caught out in that if it's something I really, really, really know I'm going to want to watch again and enjoy it mm-hmm. future times. I know that at some point it will not be streamed anymore. Yeah, so yeah. I make sure I have a copy of it. Access to it. Which yes. is when you get all these people saying, I'd love to watch Sapphire and Still on TV. I'd like to watch Original Doctor on TV. Where do I view it? You view it in a DVD player. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> because indeed. if someone isn't streaming it, you ain't getting it. Yeah. yeah, yeah I mean, I... That has been uh, the case with uh, a couple of HBO shows they've taken Ooh. down. Yes. And you just can't get Disney, access to Disney them. Disney Plus, too. They took off Willow recently, yeah. which is a fairly new series. Yeah. 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 They've written it off for tax reasons and they've claimed a uh, load of tax back as a result. So, yeah, even stuff which is brand, fairly brand new yeah. last yeah. year. It's been taken off. That's it. It's, yeah. it's gone. Now, if it's a film I really particularly like, a TV series that I know I'm going to want to watch more than once in a blue moon, yeah. I will always get a physical copy. Yeah. I wish I could for some of it. I, some I buy of it a lot of physical stuff. You can't anymore, can you? Yeah, I'd love to own Stranger Things. Mm. At least in this country, I don't think you, you could buy yeah. so not all of them. The, the, the one that sticks in my mind mostly is Dogma. Yeah, oh, that was really hard to get hold of you for a long time. You can't, you can't get hold of it because it's uh, wrapped up with the Weinstein case mm. and he refuses to give copyright access to it. See, I've got a copy of Dogma. I, thought, I think I've got copies. Dogma on DVD I've, as well. I've got yeah. Dogma, but it was only on sale for a short period really? of time. Okay. Yeah, you, it was very you hard can't to get, get You can't get hold of it for love nor money at the moment. Wow, OK. I'd love to have Mandalorian, for example. But yeah. yeah. And Loki, and but all the Disney stuff, plus you just you, yeah. you can't get it. But I'm going to get, pick up The Last of Us, which is coming out next month, I think. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Do we have any addendums? I, I have an addendum. I have an addendum. Oh, yeah. And, it, and it's actually related to the off-topic thing we have just discussed. Go on, right, what's right. your addendum? Yes. My addendum is Star Trek. Mm. Strange New Worlds. Yep. Series 1. You can now watch for free on YouTube. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Only, only, only season one, and no, it, so was out. <laughs> yeah, it must be said that it's only for a limited time for at the moment, and I'm not sure if it's just in the states or worldwide. I don't know. I don't have the access to that information. But to advertise the up and coming season two, mm-hmm. I love the trailer. Watch it, watch it, watch it, watch <laughs> it. To advertise that, they have released season one. Shows how desperate they are to get viewers onto Paramount Plus, I suppose. It, it could be, but I, I've got to say, 
personally, I think Strange of the the recent crop of treks that have come up mm-hmm. recently, Lower Decks and Strange New Worlds are the best. Oh yeah, and yeah. season <laughs> season two, there is an episode which combines both, as in the trailer. Yeah. As in the trailer. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Although it's like a strange policy because people might think, okay, I love season one. I can wait for season three, and then I'll watch season two on, on YouTube for free. <laughs> well, it possibly, but unfortunately, we do live in a society of instant gratification. Jeez. And talking of which, I did pick up Strangely Was on 4K Blu-ray yeah. just a couple of days ago. Okay. <laughs> I do still buy physical media. Yeah, actually, uh, that is one I'm tempted to splurge out on. Yeah. Strange New Worlds and maybe Lower Decks. Yeah, I should probably pick up Lower Decks, too. At the moment, that's on Amazon. But there again, so was Discovery. Well, no, that was Netflix. So. Yeah, yeah okay, that was whatever. Netflix. I don't but, have a particular urge to buy yeah. Discovery. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I might well pick up Lower Decks at some point. Yeah. I think so endeth the news. So endeth the news. So endeth the news. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we have been watching things while rolling our dices. Oh, yes. <laughs> we have viewed collectively, well, almost collectively. I didn't. The latest version of the Dungeons and Dragons movies. Mm. Honour Amongst Thieves. Yeah, Honour Among Thieves. Yes. And in the UK, it had a U in honour. Yes. Yeah, they, they, oh, they, they, yeah, they spelt it correctly. They did, <laughs> yeah. Which I was quite surprised at, because often they don't bother. So, yeah, it's only very rarely do they sort of change the name of something for to, various to countries. Properly, yeah. yeah, and such a little thing. And also, I noticed the um, bus advertisements going round. Oh, yeah. They were almost exactly the same, except for the Druid. The, the woman with horns. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. Each time she went, she was in a different form. She had the owlbear, oh, a okay, deer. Clever. Ah. <laughs> but all the other guys were there except for her. Anyway, uh, Dungeons & Dragons. It is based very loosely on the role-playing books. The Dungeons & Dragons role-playing game. Yes. Lots of familiar names and creatures. And yeah, oh, have, lo- yeah. I don't. I don't often play Dungeons and Dragons. Admittedly, yeah. it was. It's a what is it? A gateway drug. It got me into role playing. Yeah, but that was very. Me too. Very briefly and the old many red, many years red box ago. edition. Yeah, I, I did play D and D in my in my youth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Many, both live role play yeah. and mid eighties red box oh, edition. Oh god, the li- labyrinth. Mm. <laughs> anyway. It is just the story, so you don't get people sitting around the table rolling dice. You, no, no, you are, you are told not like the community. Story. Not like the, <laughs> that is the. I'm sorry, but the community episode, which scandalously has been banned now or been taken off. Yeah. What? 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 Yes. Because yeah. one of the characters is in uh, blackface. Is, is dark. Is a dark elf. So basically, the character wears a white wig and has blacked up. Completely black. black. Yes, yeah, sort of blue black. You know, you're talking oh, an unnatural, an unnatural black. And he yeah. himself is of Asian descent as well. Yeah. And although so. uh, Shirley calls it out, the yeah. actress, uh, what's her? I can't remember the actress. Event something. Look it up. <laughs> yeah. Has actually come out and said, "Why the hell are you banning this?" Yeah. But yeah, anyway, yeah. we yeah. digress. It is- 
pretending to be a fictional creature. Yeah. Anyway, so never mind. Yeah, um, somebody's grabbed hold of it. And it, it is one of the best community episodes, so it's a crying shame. Yes, anyway, yes, we, yes. I'm digressing. It starts off with, I'm trying to remember the names. Yeah. The so Bard. Edgin. And the Fighter. Holger. Played by Chris Pine and... Michelle Rodriguez. Michelle Rodriguez. It starts off the first section of the tale with them in prison at a bail... Not a bail. Oh, at a parole Thank hearing. you. That's the word I'm looking at. At a parole hearing. Yes. And the first section of the story is basically told in flashback. Yeah. yeah. The How fir- they got there. Yeah. The first 15 minutes to half an hour is told in flashback. Yeah. Because you've got... Uh, the Chris Pine character is the bard, so he has use of language. He can tell a tall tale, <laughs> sing you a song, and through charm, manipulate almost, almost any situation. <laughs> mm-hmm. They actually make their parole, but they also break out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if they waited five more seconds, they'd yeah. have been told they're free. Yeah, but uh. no, no, they, they, <laughs> they utilise a plan and break out of jail and run to, one, find the bard's daughter. Yes. Because I, I can't remember the name of the characters. So but, Kira is the daughter. Yeah. To find the bard's daughter, who is currently is in the keeping of the rogue character. Yeah, Hugh Grant's character. Hugh Forge. Grant's character, yeah. yeah. He he pledged to look after her and take care of her while they... they, they so far, they spent two years? Yeah, two, two years. years two years yeah. in prison. Is Hugh Grant in it? Yeah. Hugh Grant oh, yeah, is in much. it. Any good? Yeah, he always plays bad guys nowadays. Yeah, he, he, <laughs> he's, he's really good at it. He's playing bad guys. I don't like Hugh Grant as an actor because he always seems to play himself and I don't like mm. the character he plays. But <laughs> in this one, it works. Yeah, the best role Paddington I've ever seen... Well. Yeah, I was going to say, best roles I ever saw him in was his first one, the man that went up a mountain hill and came down a mountain, and Paddington. Yeah. Everything yeah. in between. The fucking yeah, yeah no, no, it, it, it works within the context of the show because, yeah. I again, he is a smarmy, slimy little <laughs> character who... Uh, who will say anything to stab his mother and get off, specifically get off with the loot. Right, yes. He's found another niche in life. Is he divine, though? <laughs> and they find out that he's actually the king or, or the mayor of, what is it, Neverwinter? Yeah, so... It's, it's the names I've recognised. Yeah, so They're Neverwinter also... is in Neverwinter Nights, the yeah. computer game. Yeah, and uh, also, I think... Got Baldur's, Baldur's Gate, Gate gets mentioned. Baldur's Baldur's Gate gets Gate mentioned. Yeah. All these names that I know from games, board yeah. games, computer mm. games, all get mentioned. Yeah, so... It, I, as I say, I'm not up on my D&D anymore, but what, I, what I've done, I recognise, and it's, it's touching bases. Yeah. I, I, you know, you get that cheap little thrill of, oh, I know that place. Yeah. I know. <laughs> no, no, I've no, no, walked no. down that street. Well, sort of. <laughs> it's, it's got enough references in to keep you interested. Yeah. 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 Uh, the rogue has done the dirty. He has told lies to uh, the daughter, yes. informing her that the, the bard deliberately abandoned her to go after loot well we actually know that yes he did abandon her but the idea was to get this magical item that could resurrect his wife her mother so it was an altruistic Mm -hmm. reason but of course it all went completely tits up and he got arrested yeah time bubble of some kind yeah oh yeah a time freeze spell Mm. which they all get stuck in and it um it involves them putting together a team to uh, get this magical item, which is still are. It's this tablet yep. of tablet of resurrection. Yep. Those side quests get a helmet first. Yeah, yeah. We have various side little side quests to mm-hmm. get 
all the points in place so they can do this major task. Yeah. And and what I do love about it is, like a standard role-playing game, things fail. Things fail everywhere, and you've got to think on your feet to try to come up with a new idea to solve the plan. certainly feel like there's been some fluffed rolls. Oh, yeah. (laughs) People are rolling 20. Yeah. Especially the magician that they get. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's not very good. He has no self-confidence. That's the problem. You need it to be a magician. Yeah, I mean, the the amount of times they manage to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. Yeah. I'm very familiar with that (laughs) in the roleplay, because I used used to role play and i used to roll lousy (laughs) and most of the time i was the games master (laughs) it it sounds like they've with a lot of things that are converted from a role play game or book into into film Mm -hmm. they seem to take the core part of it and that's what they run with yeah but with having the side lines of like getting the helmet getting this they sound like they're saying to a to a they've to a role play game a D &D game they have trained they they have stayed um, true to the spirit of the game we had a whole bunch of uh dungeons and dragon films quite bad bunch of dragons yeah, in the early noughties yeah. we had oh god what was his name Je- uh Jer- not not jeremy isaacs guy who played scar from the disney films oh jeremy irons jeremy irons yeah, yeah. we the, he was being the head bad guy in was the he? in the noughties films and yeah. god was he chewing the scenery oh, he yes, knew he exactly <laughs> what he was in and he didn't give up <laughs> And, and likewise with these, they're playing it in a heightened way, as you should. Yeah. Chris Pine always does, really. Yeah. He? It's, <laughs> basically playing the same character. Mr. Mr. Pine turns it up to 11. There's this wonderful scene in it where they're trying to sneak past some guards. So the magician casts an illusion spell That's of brilliant. the bard singing a song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And of course, as they're running out... The magician, again, rolls 20 and gets his foot stuck, so gets distracted. And suddenly, this image of the bard, his eyes growing big, his jaws growing, dropping, and he's going, he's going, he's going, he's yeah. going, he's going. Head sinking into his, <laughs> yeah, it is, into his torso. And, it, yeah. is, it is spectacularly funny. It is very funny, yeah. And then you've got uh, Doric the Druid. Doric who, the Druid. Oh, uh, he's basically a mammal. She can turn yeah. into any animal. In... The only complaints that I've found mm-hmm. in the game, yes, the druid can shift form, but right. can only do it something like once or twice. It's a rare and very costly spell. Whereas yeah. in the film, she's shifting all yeah, my- <laughs> between animals all the time. Yeah, there's a, the there's- deer. The deer. The escape scene, yeah, where she's a, a rat or a, then a, a bird. Yeah. And, yeah. It, it's being an overutilised it, it, skill. It, it works within the context of the, of the show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, she's now bear. That's oh, the, the owl bear. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There is a sense you can quite easily do a sequel to this. Yes. There is a, a bigger bad. Yeah, there's there a power is. behind there's, the throne. There's a Palpatine figure pulling strings. Yeah. If you're not into role-play games and you haven't seen any of the other Dungeons & Dragons, is it worth see- is oh, it a yeah. good yeah. fantasy adventure? It's a, it's a worthwhile fantasy adventure. It, it's a nice self-contained unit, so it has a beginning, middle, end. Mm-hmm. You only have that one hook that I've mentioned for a possible sequel. Mm-hmm. So, but you don't need to know anything going in watching yeah. this. It's entertaining. It has one of the best magical battles I've ever seen. Yes. No lightning bolts on it, but the, you've got... Mat- they, they conjure up two massive hands and you get a, <laughs> a magical struggle with these hands whizzing 
massive hands whizzing all over the place. Yeah, all of them working together to, to fight off this. Yeah, this yeah, it's red not witch. just one. They they're all using various skills to try to defeat this witch. Very much like role playing game yeah, again, where yeah. you've got all different uh, player characters all trying to attack at the same time, yeah. doing their own particular thing. Yeah, so I'll beat them. You cast uh, protection. Yeah. yeah, you cast. Yeah. So yeah, it is very good. It is entertaining. I would recommend it. I. Yep. It is one talking about the uh, the news. This is one thing that I would quite happily have as physical media to watch again as any time I like. Yeah, I, I'd hope to buy it. I thought it was out this past week or so, but it must just be America because it's not yeah. out here anywhere I can yeah. find. Um, I definitely buy it. Although apparently the worldwide take was only about two hundred and ten million at the yeah. box office on a hundred and fifteen odd million budget. Yeah, it's so not they a, haven't doubled their budget. It's not that that would be unfortunately these days, this day and age, that would be classed as a failure. It is. Mm. Yeah. So whether we get a sequel depends how well it does on physical media, I suppose, yeah. and yeah. streaming or what have you. But it's looking a little unlikely. Which is a shame. Yeah. If you get the chance, please go and see. To not see, it, you'd be lacking something in your life. So yeah. it's a very good show. Really like the way they played around with the portal. Yeah, the, you need a portal film, don't you? A proper portal is in uh, Valve's portal film. Yeah. This is the next best thing. The way they, uh, they did that. This is it. I, I there, there are various characters in there I love. As I said, the magician Simon the sorcerer. Simon the sorcerer who no relations to the computer game. It constantly <laughs> seems to uh, throw ones. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean even the the booby trap bridge. They're explaining yeah, how to get across the bridge, and, the and he just steps back. Onto the bridge and it just drops yeah. into the. Oh dear! And it's one of them where the dragon turns up. Oh, <laughs> a rather tubby dragon. Very, very. I was going to say we haven't mentioned any dragons. There is, there is a brief dragon, and uh, if you're familiar with Stranger Things, it would be the upside down. So there is a, dun- mm. a dragon in the dungeon. There is dragon. a dra- uh, very brief. Well, there's two. There is actually two. It's a stone dragon. One, one's so one's a stone dragon. One's a one's a rather life. portly red dragon. Yeah. Uh. And gelatinous cube as well. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh, that was a point. The, <laughs> yeah, the the other team. The 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 other one of the other teams in the maze because they have to go through a maze mm-hmm. at one point. And one of the other teams is the cartoon figures from the cartoon Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. <laughs> they are dressed up exactly the same. Yeah. I don't think they had a, a, they had a unicorn, didn't they? I don't, think they, yeah, I don't think they had a unicorn, unicorn. in the maze. Perhaps. And there's no dungeon uh, dungeon keeper. What, dungeon, dungeon master. master. Yeah. But otherwise, yeah, it's the, the team from the so cartoon series. So it's a little, little top tip of the hat, yeah. which yeah. I, I did love. If you didn't know, it wouldn't matter. But if you yeah. do know, it's yeah. a nice at least to me. Yeah. Don't know what happened to them. They, they weren't there to save the day. So they no, failed. They, they, they made the cage, <laughs> yeah. but that was it. And yeah. so anyone who makes it into the cage apparently is doomed <laughs> somewhere else. Oh dear. And um, the first proper reproduction I've seen of a mimic, which also reminded me of the luggage. Yeah, oh yes, the uh, the treasure. The treasure chest. chest, or the weapons chest. Yes. That actually sort of has pointy teeth and a big tongue and chases after them. Yeah, which is from the original which game, it, isn't it? Yeah, mm. mimics from the original game. Not from Harry Potter or not, from not, Discworld. <laughs> not from Harry Potter, no. not from Discworld. I think... Um, predates both of those. But it does predate, but uh, Pratchett has uh, admitted that it was inspired the okay. luggage was inspired by something like the mimic and a luggage he saw at an airport right i've already said this once but yep. yeah i would heartily recommend it watch it because you'll be lacking something in your life <laughs> it's good fun yeah. yeah well if you've seen dungeons and dragons let us know what you thought of it by emailing us at show at staggering stories dot net i said it Woo! twice i said yeah, it twice yeah two each 
Before we move on to mm-hmm. our next little segment, I have a 30-second recommendation. Ooh. It's a Netflix one. Oh, dear. So <laughs> if it's good, don't get married to it too much because it might disappear. But if you think it's rubbish, well, it'll disappear soon. Shadow and Bone. Right. It is kind of in keeping with Dragon, Dungeons & Dragons. It's a... Fantasy. Fantasy, magic... Yeah. Etc. You have a world where they have they're like magicians and yeah, they magic can, exists. Magic exists. Mm-hmm. And they can conjure the wind, they can conjure darkness and what have you, and there's a really nasty evil one. And he conjured a darkness that basically appears on maps as this nasty dark mark. Mm-hmm. And it's physically there and it's got really nasty things in it. And there is a, a light bringer who is destined to rid this kingdom of this darkness. And that's where our story starts. It reminds me a bit of his Dark Materials. Yeah. Okay. So set modern day. It's it, no. It's, it's a, a whole. It's, it's a whole. It's a medieval um, style. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a got, version of modern. Yeah. Day. It's got. Oh, it's okay. medieval style. It, it's. It's got to look somewhere. It's a bit steampunkish, and it's got to look somewhere between medieval and drudged Victoriana. That's a bit um, There's no electronics and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. They have land ships, mm-hmm. but that's because they can conjure the wind and that kind of stuff. Ah, uh, yeah. Beans do that. And, yeah, so it's, it, has a, it has a very grungy, steampunky kind of look at parts of it, which is why I say it reminds me a bit of um, his dark materials oh, yeah. in, in that respect, in, in that part of the world. Mm-hmm. But it's just really, really interesting. It just captured me. Yeah. It looks like it's going to be one that could run for some time. There's, there's more layers going on. But there's so many of that kind of stuff at the moment. I tend to, <laughs> yeah. Karen will say, if I'm not interested, you'll turn off after half an hour. And I will. I literally sat and binged about four yeah. episodes in one go. Oh, really? Okay, I, I think it's made it to a second series. Oh, good. I think series one and series two may be out. Oh, okay. But yeah, I I enjoyed it. And if you like a good bit of uh, fantasy, if you've enjoyed things like... His dark materials, mm-hmm. to an extent, the kind of like Stranger Things, yep. or one where he's collect- killing vampires that was a bit Sherlock Holmesy recently that Netflix dropped, or that kind of stuff. Anything, oh, yeah, Lockwood, Lockwood, anything oh, yes. that's a bit quirky, I'd recommend this one. Okay, yeah. is it based on a book or a I comic? Think or... No, I think it's based on a series of books. I yeah. could be mistaken. Right. But... I, I suspect it is. It, it has a well-written, literally literary look to it mm-hmm. or feel to it. More than it come out of a um, writer's room mm. scenario. But yeah, Shadow and Bone. I, I've heard of it. I think I've seen a couple. Worth but I've yet, the, yet to get back to it. Mm. Yes, yes, I must uh, resub to Netflix at some point. Ladies and gentlemen, we have been watching even more stuff, haven't oh. we? Oh, yes. There's always more to watch. Always more to watch. I've been watching it on a Blu-ray. Me too. Ooh. What have we been watching? We... Have been watching Doctor Who, Dragonfire. Pulls for music, as someone always says. (laughs) (laughs) This is Ace's 
first story. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Mel's last story. Yep. yep. And Sablon Glitz's second story. And his last story. And, and his, his last, last story. Yeah, yeah. unfortunately. But... Yep, Ace kills them both. <laughs> <laughs> um, no? When was this? 80... 87? Seven, I thought November it was. and December 87. Yeah. It was at the end of uh, Sylvester's first run. End yep. of his first season, yep. yeah. The story before was... Bannerman, I think it was. Yes, Delta on the Bannerman. And the young girl in that was... Was being... Ray, yes. Ray was yeah. being toted, or they were trying her out as the assistant. Yeah. But for some reason, they decided not to run with her or go with her, and I can't remember why. It wasn't anything nasty, it's just... But yeah, I don't know. Maybe they didn't want somebody from the 50s. Yeah. 1950s, and so, I don't know. Um, they had Ace's character... In Dragonfire, more eighties and streetwise, yeah. maybe, which is what they were going for. Was, was more ways. contemporary. Yeah. Yes. So she became the new assistant. It's been a while since I watched Dragonfire. Indeed, yeah, me too. And I was quite surprised how complete and well formed Ace's character was in this story. To a degree. What you saw then was pretty much what you she, got of Ace. She mellowed. She mellowed. She mellowed but, 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 but yeah, didn't it was change more she lot. went down. Well, because quite often the assistants start as one kind of character and develop into this adventure. She's kind of like the other way almost. Well, unfortunately, classically, what you get is you often get a, quite a strong first story with a companion and then they're just any old screamer. Yeah. Strong yeah. first episode, <laughs> strong last episode. Yeah, yeah if but, you're lucky. Yeah, she was the exception. But in terms of the character's attitude, approach and language and everything yeah. else, it's all yeah. there, the whole prof thing and that it kind of stuff. It is. She was a bit too... She's very nice much, jumping she's very out much in yeah, your face. Yeah, she was, she was a bit over the top in that regard. And she was also very touchy a lot of the time. Her and Mel There's a, really yeah. did seem to rub each other up the wrong Love-hate way. Love-hate relationship. <laughs> there is a, there's a lot of... You get the sense there's a hell of a lot of emotional baggage. Yes. And, yes. Uh, which was unpacked in later seasons yeah. But, yeah. or later yeah, episodes. Yeah, I, I got the feeling it was not so much just Sophie overacting. It was the character's reaction to what was going around and that there's still a 16 year old yeah not an 18 year old and they didn't know how to deal with their emotions and was shouting out to everyone yeah and it's an overreaction to everything yeah when she settles down with the doctor and starts to well, find a place in her in the world or the universe in she, later stories she, she's better in the next story mm. remembrance of the daleks well, yeah, she, she's uh not quite so you, you writing I don't so, know don't know so yeah certainly by the time of remembrance you get an idea that water has passed under the bridge this yeah. is not the next episode this is maybe a uh, uh, personal time a couple of months down the line maybe mm. yes yeah and so I don't know if I put some of that down to the director Chris Clough I, I don't know yeah. that he knew how to direct somebody who's playing a 16 year old particularly possibly, possibly I don't know I think it was a combination of the director and various people telling her to up yeah I think so I found it an interesting story looking back it was corny at points such yeah. as yeah, so, yeah. the cliff hanger, well, <laughs> literally yeah, Sylvester <laughs> hanging off a cliff. Well, see, there, there's a couple of things about that. One, at the time, I seem to remember that there was meant to be a cave mouth superimposed in there. Yeah. Which was, yeah, or but, at least a ledge further down. But, yeah, looking, looking at it, re-watching it recently, there is a gangplank or a ledge down there. It's just 
merges into the background far too. You can't tell it's there. It, even on Blu-ray, it's not particularly noticeable. No. <laughs> on a old 14-inch TV in the corner of the room, the as time, it would have been back yeah. in 1987. You but really couldn't It tell. wasn't as... Watching back, I actually thought it was actually a more interesting story than I remembered at the time. Yeah. I mean, the dragon isn't very dragony, no. but I do like... The, it's the, 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 the dragon. It is very alien-esque. It is, yeah. It's trying and, to be. And, yeah. and the this... first time you see it, it looks pretty, it's quite dark, the first yeah. time you see it. Yeah. It's quite effective. That's it. But in every scene after that, it's in bright it's, it's white bright... background. Yeah. Which which is a major problem with Doctor Who. They always overlight. Uh, yeah. And Sylvester did do a very good job of making <laughs> polystyrene baubles look like he, their eyes. He was acting his little socks off, <laughs> the little love, sliding away. Sliding so, on those just, little polystyrene baubles. Just yeah. just before he disappears out of shot, it's what he yeah. just shoots off. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I think all props to it's a wonderful idea that was probably down in rehearsal that everyone else seemed to forget about. Yeah. yeah. I think Tony Selby did a bit as glitz, but yeah, there wasn't much of that going on. It was this is one of those stories that is confined by the fact that it is a studio yeah. recording. This is entirely studio, entirely studio based. Bound, yep. They obviously have very limited money on the gantries and well, the again, walkways. It's, it's the end of the season yeah, as well. Yeah, it's the so. end of the season. Mm-hmm. There's lots of making four gantries and a bit of wallpaper move around <laughs> to be different gantries, yeah. etc. Yeah. Et lots of polystyrene sheeting pretending to be ice. Yes. Yeah. But the idea of this guy having been banned to this ice world... For 3,000 years. 3,000 yes. years, and he. He's got a lifespan. <laughs> cryogenically freezing himself and all the rest of it, and making it into basically the biggest Iceland in the yeah. universe. Yeah. Yeah. Well known for its frozen food with all four of them. And and they're they're proper freezers. They don't even have a transparent top, so you can see what's inside. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, this was this was when the chest freezer was the thing to own at home. The only thing they're known for now these days is keeping bodies. (laughs) I did like when they landed the mini Bonnie Langford. Oh yeah, the the little girl, the little girl, the little girl. Oh. with the the curls and yeah. and looked very much like the kind of thing poor Bonnie a, Langford a used to have to wear not. back in the day when yeah. she was Stella, a child wasn't it? star. Yeah. Name, yeah, yep. And also uh, like Destiny before it, Destiny of the Daleks before it, they raided the costume department mm-hmm. for the uh, crowd scenes because I'm sure I saw um, Avon's uniform. Yeah, there, did the black see a bit and silver, like one of them. Yeah, and there was one. an Argolan from uh, Leisure Hive, right? Yeah. complete with hair and makeup. So. Yeah, well, this ice world is is meant to be a pit stop for yes. space travel, so they they stop, get supplies, and carry on. Yeah, mm. and for some reason, Kane, the, the the bad guy, had set this up as a way to I don't know. Well, revenge. <laughs> He was getting mercenaries. Yeah, yeah, he was trying to build an army and who he was basically freezing. So yeah. volunteers or, in Sabalon Glitz's case, his crew who he sold Sold-on. on. That's very dark stuff. That's that very is dark. I don't really go into it, but no. Sabalon Glitz sold his crew into slavery. Yeah. Mm. And they just kind of laugh it off. Glossed yeah, over. The doctor yeah. did, did turn his back and he moved did a little bit, but it was, yeah. not really enough. It, it no, wasn't no. enough. And it didn't last for very long. No. But the idea seemed to be that Kane was banned there, but made something of this planet and turned it into this outpost and what yeah, have you. For 3,000 years, yeah. Slowly, slowly building, building up an army. Very slowly. Yeah. Well, so that people don't notice, you see. To go back to his home world and yes. take hope. But unfortunately, in the intervening time, his home world was now a cinder 
because his son had gone supernova, etc., etc. Pro-Amon, or whatever yes. it was called, yeah. Pro-Amon, yeah. you got things like the Mark of Cain, which, you know, is a very old biblical reference. Yeah. Um, I did quite like the philosophical debate. Discussion. discussion. <laughs> the doctor trying to distract one of the guards and ended up in a philosophical debate. And I know it's all done a bit tongue-in-cheek, but... Who says that guards can't have, yeah, you no, know, indeed. ideas of philosophy Ga- or... Pa- guards just are human too. Yeah, just because you happen to be a guard doesn't mean to say you're a thick thug. Yeah. yeah. There was one person I was disappointed with in this, and that's uh, Pat- Patricia Quinn. Disappointed mm. really? I thought she was quite good. Uh, I thought she was quite good. I, I don't think... That it's, it's the first meeting between her and Glitz. Now, I know she's meant to be a police officer or uh, yes. uh, a law enforcement. Yeah. I know police have a certain attitude and... Increasingly uh, so, unfortunately, type, yeah. But I, I just got the sense that she was reading her lines from a cue card. Oh, really? Okay. She wasn't... She kept flicking down towards Glitz, then flicking up directly ahead, then flicking down towards... So she's checking... She may well have been for that scene, I don't that, know. That, but, that's uh, the impression that I got. She was reading it from a cue card. Maybe she was for that particular scene for some reason yeah, or other. it might have been something that was added in last minute or something. Yeah, I don't know, or the last minute rewrite or... For the police yeah. officer, I can... I, I understand looking straight ahead, not making eye contact mm. and being aloof, but it was the constant sort of flick head going up. I didn't notice myself, I, I have uh, to keep I noticed it actually on, on the first broadcast. Oh, really? okay. That's something that is sort of stuck. Yeah, I don't think I'm particularly sensitive to that sort of thing, but uh, yeah. yeah. Her character was quite interesting in that oh, yeah. she'd been effectively enslaved by Kane as he does all his employees. At 16. At 16. There, there seems to be something about 16 He does year like 16-year-olds, does Kane. Well, no, I think Ace is 18, doesn't Well, she it? starts so she at 16 and changes it to 18. Yeah, yeah she keeps telling her. Clearly he knows that she, yeah, she yeah, meant yeah. to be 16. And her idea is she wants to get out of this slavery contract and she actually goes and asks him for glitzy ship. Ship, yeah. Which is quite a ballsy move because yeah. she's his for the, her entire yeah, life. Why, yeah, yeah, why do you want the ship? You're mine. Yeah. You're not going to go anywhere. And he's going to massively outlive her if he lives 3,000 years old already. Yeah. That's another point. This ship, talking of uh, the crowd scenes and reusing things, the Nosferatu reminded me hell of a lot of the London from Blake 7. Oh, yeah. I, I'm That's wondering if it was similar the shape. Yeah, same model with just a little bit sort of added on. Maybe, yeah. I think London might still exist. I think I saw it somewhere, but maybe not. Maybe that was a recreation. I can't remember. The ship gets blown up. Yeah, Yeah, complete with the fluffy dice. Yeah, the fact that he manages to cane lures, basically, well, lures, he he tells everyone to evacuate onto the ship. And there was no reason to blow them all up. He could easily have just let the ship depart. It it wasn't like these were escaping. They weren't. He just put them on there. And then just blew it up. Yeah. yeah. Just like... What, why was he even attacking the customers with with his mercenary well, zombies? Yeah. There's no particular the, reason the, the, the mercenary zombies, which there doesn't seem to be a hell of a lot of, considering he's been collecting them for according the past 3,000 yeah, years. Yeah, according to the, the book which was written by the writer Ian Briggs. Yeah. He had a, about a 1,000 or so yeah. in f- Frozen. But obviously on TV, they didn't have that sort yeah. of budget. This is his ship. The yeah. customers are superfluous. They, you know, yeah. what, what the hell do we want them for? So we just clear them out and clear up any loose ends. We'll mm. blow them up. So yeah. obviously he's a criminal to begin with, but obviously he's, he's one of the more ruthless. Yeah, he did a really good job. I think, is the word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was a really effective, who was it who played him? Edward P. Yeah, thought okay. he did a really good job. Yes, it was a character that could have been played pantomime over the top villain. Yeah. He played it calm yeah. and excuse the pun here, 
cold and calculating. Yes, which... It matched both the character in terms of his existence, but I think it also added to the menace of the character mm. which, as Yeah, well. which, which I think personally is a better villain. I mean, yeah. the screaming, shouting, you can always dismiss. It's the ones yeah. that are calm, yeah. logical, and unemotional. Yeah, oh, maybe it's the... also was a part of the uniform he had, but this time watching it, he almost reminded me of Thrawn. Yeah. Something of that, yeah. that sort of villain yeah. to him. Yeah, there logical was... and reasoning. Yeah, There was definitely over overtones of the early... Mm. Nazi Germany type, yeah. They had the kind oh, the, of like yeah. German oh, yeah, helmets the and that kind and of stuff. It's with more the First World War, yeah. probably, than Second World War. Yeah, in, in, all in white. Apparently, yeah. David Jason was considered for the role of Kane. David Jason? Yeah, but he was unable to, due to work. I can't see that working. And, <laughs> and someone, John sure. Alderton. Okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I can't see Jay. I mean, I love David Jason. Yeah. I think he's a very good character actor. I, yeah. I think he's been... But I can't see him in that role. Nor me. No. no. Not that I can't see him as a bad guy. I just but can't see him in particular. that particular role. No, I can't see how that would have worked so well. I mean, we have to come down to the the two endings. One that was cut short because of the horrific nature of it. It's the, the, the melting wax face. Mm. Yes. Which is spectacular, but for, certainly for who and certainly for that time. But also they they couldn't show it because of the time it went out. Yeah. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because yeah. It was after Raiders. So it's, this yeah, it's very much inspired to Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. You can see that. Which obviously Raiders of the Lost Ark got away with this on a PG. So I yeah. can see their, their thinking, if they can get away with this on PG, yeah. then we can get away with this. Yeah, but unfortunately somebody put their foot down and it was... Butchered to pieces, so it's mm. only a very brief. Apparently, the original footage mm. it went right down to the skull, and it's a much more oh. longer period. There's, there's two versions on the Blu-ray. Yeah. I watched the second version had, had an extra couple of scenes and some extended scenes, yeah. and I think that may have had the extended version could've, of could've that. Been. Could have been. Reading up here, apparently they avoided putting any colour red in it. Yeah. When you, you see the puddle, it's all still greys and yeah. white. But that makes sense because his, his blood alien. is antifreeze. It hasn't yeah. got any... Because yeah. if it had any haemoglobin in it, it would have burst every time he froze down to minus... Yeah. Whatchamacallit. Yeah, minus 190, 193, yes. I think it is in the novel. Yeah. That's a heck of a range, going from minus 10 to 190. Yeah. I and, on his planet, that's how it works. Yeah. At night, temperature drops, minus yeah. 190. Yeah. And, and daytime just, just sort of comes out. Comes back up to just below freezing. Yeah. If that's what you've evolved to, yeah. to cope with. And and the second leaving is Mel. Yeah. Yes, the crazy paving, which yeah. is which apparently was an audition piece for Sylvester. Yeah, which wasn't in the original script, but yeah. Sylvester on the day said, "Why don't I just do that?" Yeah, because that sounded pretty good, yeah. better than what than what you've written. <laughs> yeah, and as a, as a little coda for this, which is something I've just listened to recently. I can't remember the name of it, but it's one of the big Finnish stories mm-hmm. where uh, Mel rejoins the Doctor and Ace. Okay. So it's been, to... it's been, for the Doctor and Ace, it's been a couple of years, but for Mel, it's been uh, a few months oh, or really? whatever. Okay. And, she got uh, fed up with Sablon Gliss. Well, well it, was, it wasn't that. <laughs> I think Sablon was fed up with her. Mm. And, according, and according to the nature of the story, according to the nature of the story, <laughs> bear with me, according to the nature of the story, <laughs> yeah. he has taken out multiple loans using her as collateral without wow. her knowledge and <laughs> left her with the debt and done a runner so you've got all these debt collectors yeah. physically after her uh, i have to say be good. i i would have sympathy for sablon glitz for 
taking her to the nearest planet that was habitable, fairly civilised, she was able to get off of and I'm in her there. <laughs> yeah. 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 I never warmed to <laughs> Mel, I have to admit. And I, I don't it's it's not Molly Langford's fault. It's, I just didn't it was warm a difficult to the character. character. It was a difficult yeah. character. And also a bit the too peppy. Yeah. And the, the actress does have no disrespect to her, but does have a certain amount of baggage for other connotations. Yeah. I'm not sure she was allowed to play it quite the way she would have wanted no. to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. She was cast with certain connotations in yeah. off framework in mind. As a screamer. And yeah. she yes. did scream a fair bit in this one too. She did. She, did. Yeah. she was supposed to be that... I'll scream and scream yeah, and scream until I'm that's, fixed. They that's the emotional baggage. Yeah, they hadn't let her grow up from that character. Yeah. And Ace was quite a reaction to that. Yeah. She never screamed, I think. She always refused to scream. Yeah. She might cower and look frightened, but she wouldn't and, scream. And occasionally shout in shock, but not scream. Yeah. yeah. What it's... did you think of it as a leaving story for Mel? I know. Terrible. Na- now, they, <laughs> now they do leaving stories, yeah. but back then you did have leaving I stories. I liked the scene in question. But again, it is sort of very much along the lines of Leela. You held, it is you held the hand of this man, so you're going to go off and marry him. It, it's it a makes, very last minute thing. It makes yeah. no sense. No. no, there's no lead up to it. Why? Why is she suddenly wanting to leave the doctor and go off with glitz of all people? Yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah. it's nonsense. Well, I got the feeling with glitz, it was just a case of he has ship, he is leaving. This place is done for. She's made the decision to leave the doctor. He's just the taxi cab yeah. off the planet. Yeah, but there's no lead-up. But, lead up. In, with, but there least, was no lead-up At least with that. Tegan, yeah. there was a lead-up. You could yeah. see why she'd left. She was generally fed up with it, yeah. as mm. you would be. Yeah. <laughs> there was death, destruction and mayhem around her, and through there. the story you could and see you her know, getting... she'd lost a friend, Adric, not yeah. too long ago, and all that stuff. In, the, in the Virgin books, mm-hmm. the Virgin series of books, they gave the impression that the Seventh Doctor put the idea in her head. <laughs> okay. Why yeah, did he want to well, get rid of it? Uh, no, you had uh, Ace. He recognised the connotations of Ace with Fenric and everything that was going to come down oh, the pipe okay. there. So for Didn't her, want to have the two of them. Yeah, for the, her, her own safety, he sort of gave her the impression or the impetus to, yeah. or oh, the if, thought to leave. If I only they'd had... so fitting. Yeah, if only... Oh, yes, I'm not denying <laughs> that. If only Cartmel had had that plan in mind mm. and yeah. actually set it up, yeah. that would have been a great way to, yeah. to yeah. do it. Because this is the end of the first era of the Seventh Doctor. Yeah. Mm. He's still a, a bit of a, a buffoon at this yeah, point. Yeah, the sliding. It hasn't gone to the, the dark The next story yeah. is when he, he kicks in That's with, with That's the, when the, the mastermind. Yeah. And I know they yeah. kind of the like manipulator. retrofit yeah. the fact that she created the time storm that got her to the planet yeah. later on down the line, yeah. being yeah. Fenric yeah. to get yeah. her to meet the Doctor, etc., etc. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're, they're definitely an alternative version here if there'd been a bit more foresight. Yeah, yeah. so th- those things weren't in plan at the no. moment. This is but- it. There's things about the way they do New Who that I like that you, you can get this idea. Mm-hmm. There's also times when it becomes annoying because it becomes a slave to the idea and you lose the spontaneity that you had of the original series of just having this daft story followed by that daft story followed by... And they don't necessarily have to be linked. And it's like, sometimes I like the mixture of the both, which Hmm. is quite why I like the Doctor Donna and I like the first Doctor. You didn't see necessarily the... If you were paying attention, it was there. If you were paying attention, it's there. But, But the series didn't become a slave to it, whereas sometimes with... The Pandorica or, or, or the River Song stuff, the 
stories became a slave to the theme rather than the other mm. way around sometimes. And yeah, this is one of those ones where yeah. they could have had the theme yeah. yes. without it having a slave, being a slave to yeah. it. It could have been there as a... If, if Fenric if they, had been hinted at at this the, point. Yeah. And introducing Ace as somebody who may be slightly tainted. Yeah. There's something yeah. interesting about her beyond just being this streetwise kid. That might have been quite an interesting way to go yeah. into the Even end if of the it season, was something but, subtle like she had an interest in Norse mythology or something. <laughs> yeah. Had a t-shirt on yeah. with a wolf, yeah. you know, the Fenris yeah. kind of wolf. Something yeah. like that. Yes, unfortunately. But obviously, Andrew Cartmel was fairly new to the job. Yeah. Um, and he was struggling just to get scripts in. Well, what yeah, have you. This, this was his first season. And yeah. I think the first couple of stories for that, he had no control right. over. It's only time the Rani. Yeah. He had, he basically, he could do nothing. They're, they're he wanted in- to make changes they... He yeah. just wasn't allowed to. <laughs> They're all in place. They couldn't be locked and in. This is the, be as you say, this is the end of one season. And yeah. Doctor Who was still on an knife edge then. You yeah. weren't always aware you were going to get another season. No. Even if no. they said you're going to get, get another, another season. season. Yeah. Doesn't mean say you're going to get another season. No, so but you can't. That that not thing plan of though, thinking of yeah. yeah, but that thing of of introducing the could only plan so far. Yeah, yeah, bit of a shame, but doesn't diminish it too much. There, there are still a lot of problems I have with it, which don't. I still really enjoy this story. Yeah, mm. but there are issues when you look at it in a slightly colder way. Apart <laughs> from the fact of being very, very white and bright. Yes, you've got all of these characters running around in what should be freezing cold. Yeah, yeah. okay, you can you can accept they don't have breath because they're in the studios so that'd be difficult yeah, to do yeah. but nobody at any point seems to shiver or make any mention of the fact it's cold <laughs> well they know it's cold it's a nice planet they know it is. but they're, they're not changing clothes and they're right. still in the the only the nearest thing you get to it i think is how oh, is it stella's mother who has the black fur coat mm, yeah but she's not <laughs> they're going down to the depths of yeah. the really cold yeah. no allowance for it they're not shivering they're not mentioning it it's just yeah. like, what's so it they're running around they're exerting themselves (laughs) Sablon would be moaning his blooming guts up he would be and Mel and Ace aren't exactly overdressed Um, (laughs) and another thing is it's quite fun when you think about it you've got a scene where Mel and Ace are being chased by the mercenaries yeah with that horrible music but they don't know who these mercenaries are nah they don't know that they're zombies, effectively. They don't know that they even really mean them hard. But they, just, they seem to be coming towards them with ill intent. You don't know. So Mel gets all this nitronine and chucks it at them <laughs> to murder them, but doesn't really know that she's in danger. If, well, if that were got... real life and somebody was being followed down the road and they're a bit concerned that the person behind them might be endangering them, turn around and murder them. <laughs> <laughs> You've you got these people. Really? They've got these people that are covered in are given credit where credit is due they did cover them in ice crystals because they're slightly yes. sparkly grey pasted holding guns walking towards you going <laughs> I did, was it me or did they have the Cyberman walk they and did. sound oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. for someone that was sort of like human as in yeah. flesh and bone they had very metallic sounding walk yeah. And, yeah. and they had some of the, the Cyberman walk with it yeah, it could be maybe some of them were Sidemen in the uh, former life. Yeah. 
Yeah, earlier stories. Yeah, I don't know whether the glitz went into uniform, into in for uniforms, but they all seem to be wearing the same thing. Same boiler suit. Did yeah, yeah. yeah. No mention of Dibber either. No, Dibber disappeared. Don't know, mm-hmm. He was he was mentioned at the end of the trial, yeah. but here he's just gone. Which is a real shame because that was a great double act. It oh, was, was. Homesian double act. Well, last thing, the Homesian double act. And I'm saying links back to um, Dungeons and Dragons. You certainly glitz is the rogue, but dialed yeah. down just slightly. Just, yeah, yeah, you know, so saying selling off his kind crew, of. yeah, <laughs> yeah. So what else was the? Uh... And another fun bit is you don't think about it because you know the context of everything, but you've got a tracker on the map, the yeah. treasure map, and Kane listening in. Yeah, the Doctor and Glitz discover the creature has got this the power the, source. The, the, yeah, the drive. In there. Mm. Uh, he's listening in. He can't see what's happening, but then he says to one of his guys, "Kill the creature, bring me his head." But he doesn't know where. Yeah. Yeah, that power, power came from. At no point did it said it's in his head. I think that was the initial setup because he he told them that the jailer was by a bioma- biomechanical yeah. creation yeah. to hold the star drive. So I yeah. think it's a case of. Did he already know? He, yeah. Um, I was going to say, he's got no, because it could be in his head, it could be in his chest, it could could be be anywhere. It could just be hidden somewhere else. I I think, yes, he did know as a further taunt for his incarceration. Mm. Look, here's the key, it's readily available. Oh, we've put it in something that can breathe fire. Mm, Maybe. So I I think that was a part of his sentence. It's the fact that you have escape within reach mm-hmm. but you can't get to it which raises the question then why it's taking 3,000 years to kill the creature yeah that, but mm. <laughs> we're not I know he's go- trying to get a, an army together but we're not going to look that's at a it. real long game yeah, but I, I, <laughs> yeah. I'm not looking at it that closely but it, as I said that, that part isn't a problem to me because that is a an extra twist of the knife via his yeah. jailers. Yeah. I mean, he could have easily have hired some mercenaries to go and hunt the thing yeah. down. Oh, yeah. That, that would be the logical thing to do. Yes. Because so, according to the book, you've got over a thousand mercenaries. Okay, down into lower, lower levels. Off you go. Yeah, as long as you've got the, yeah. the power core, you, you can just put it on the side and wait till you're ready to use it. Yeah. yeah. Don't have the creature running around down there. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> yes. It's quite interesting how everything, as is often with case Doc 2, when the dog turns up, things really come to Kick a head off. yeah so you've got the creature coming out of depths after three thousand years being seen by lots of people i i get the feeling that it's not the first time he's attempted to take out the creature because they described it as a yet another ant mm. hunt yes i don't know I, I yeah i did wonder if that is just that that particular uh crew member of kane's had done ant hunts elsewhere in a prior job. I don't know. I, I agree that it's possible, but that wasn't the impression I was given. No. However, as it is an ant hunt, why the hell send only two guards? Well, yeah. <laughs> two it's... very bad guards with lousy <laughs> shots. In terms yes. of everything kicking off when the doctor gets there, we know the TARDIS only takes him to where there's trouble. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's very common. But even then, uh, we've got Balash, or whatever her name is, yeah. uh, came second in command. She then decides to go into restricted zone and finds mm. out about the refrigeration units yeah. like all these things which have not happened before are starting yeah. to happen at the same time he's a catalyst yeah he absolutely is. yeah I, and what i did notice again what slightly irritated me was her second in command i can't remember the guy's name or the actor's name yeah. but i know he's been in it before because he oh, was yeah. he was a mavellan oh yes Destiny, yeah, yeah. So. tony Super, but yeah, he, he puts all no, the all the sliders up to maximum, yeah. and then just stands there. Yes, why not just put the sli- and then walk out? 
You've yeah. done your job. That's all you need to do. No, sir, it wasn't me. I was in here all the time. Put the sliders up and then sit on top of the cabinet so he can't get out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 So I would have put the sliders up and then got out there. There's no way he could... He was unconscious in his cabinet. He could No He's way he sleep. could tell yeah, it was me. Yeah. Well, see, this is the thing when you get henchmen. <laughs> you don't want someone that's too intelligent yeah, because otherwise, yeah. you know, they'll start yeah. to plot against that, that, you. That's the Santarvan problem. <laughs> but for all its faults and yeah. be overlit and clearly been budget constrained or what have you, as is yeah. classic Doctor all over. Uh, yes, quite good fun. I'll agree it is not without its problems, but mm-hmm. I did enjoy it. Mm. Yeah. It, better looking back than I seem to remember it at the time. <laughs> well, yeah, th- this season in particular, I found quite rough first time yeah. round. I was at that age where I was really concerned, and without, not without reason. The Doctor was going to be cancelled. Maybe hates Doctor. Yeah, everybody's going to look at it and think it's terrible. It's a joke. Yeah. Now I can look back on it without those worries, <laughs> and it's still a concern even even now. Oh yeah. Any new Doctor episode is oh, is this the final one? Is this going to be the nail on the coffin? This is it. Yeah. <laughs> it was much better in my day. Oh. Yes. Once you've got a bit of distance, you can appreciate yeah, yeah. what it is. Ago, it was far better than it is now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, dear listeners, have you watched Dragonfire recently? Or why don't you watch it and tell us what you think of it by sending us your thoughts to show at Staggering Stories. Dot net. Woohoo! Yeah! We have. A letter. Oh, a feedback. Letter? Thank well, you. it's an email actually, rather oh. than a letter, wow. and it's from Jay. Oh, Hello, Jay from Toronto, oh. Canada. 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 Greetings, one and all. Oh, I thought that I'd send a little bit of feedback this time around, seeing as I finally managed to catch up to your latest episode, <laughs> and a certain dragon maker issued an. Or else. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Catherine. Thank you, Catherine. So this is about the comment about, was there any time in Star Wars where there was zero gravity on spaceships? Oh. The answer is actually yes. But with an acknowledgement that these times were not in live action. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the only time I thought of later is potentially that bit with Leia being sucked out of the ship. Oh, yeah, floating around. There was an episode of season two of the Clone Wars series where Anakin, Ashoka and a whole bunch of cloned troopers were facing off against the bounty hunter Cad Bane Mm. and a battalion of droids where R2-D2 had turned off the gravity. Ah. Then again, in the first episode of Rebels where Chopper, that's C-110P, also turned off the gravity for a bit while the team of Spectras were trying to escape an Imperial ship. These are words. I'm reading these words. <laughs> I hope they mean something. Yeah, they do yeah, mean they do. something yeah, to yeah. me. Sound, sounds a bit uh, Guns of the Galaxy turning up. I'm reading, a, I'm reading a, a code here for the <laughs> no, I, I, I do know what they're going on about. As both these animated shows are canon, mm-hmm. this does then technically count as times we've seen zero gravity in Star Wars universe. Indeed, so, they so do. hang on, hang on. We are technically correct then the best form of correct <laughs> Indeed. they both happen to be fresh in my mind since i've been doing a rewatch of these two shows in preparation for the ashoka series later this year yeah. just noticed that temera morrison is reportedly said to be in this as well mm. but as a live action captain rex this time instead of boba fett yeah as we last saw him in the mandalorian and the book of boba fett mm. mind you 
Star Trek doesn't exactly have the great record of showing times with no gravity no, either. No, no Doctor Who. With, I think, just three occasions. The movie, The Undiscovered Country, yep, where one. at least it was a plot point. It was, yeah. Bits of an episode of Deep Space Nine, which was technically just low gravity rather than zero, and a small bit in Enterprise. Yeah. Speaking of Star Trek... Not long now until we see season two of Strange New yeah, Worlds. Yep. So I'm so. looking forward to that. Yep, same with me. Hope you are well, Jay from Toronto, Canada. You see, yeah. it just goes to show how well built the gravity systems are on Star Trek, Star Wars. Yeah, and Firefly too. Yeah, Firefly yep. went out of gas where the entire life support went off. So that's gravity. Yeah. Yep. See, I love Star Wars, but I love the original Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. I've kind of lost my way on all these spin-offs. I, it, maybe it feels odder for how Zero-G stars because of the way the dogfights work. Yeah. They don't work like Zero-G. No, they, they work like plain dogfights. They are like, but they yeah. work. Well, that's in, what it, the inspiration in, in the movie yeah. some of them are copies of actual yeah, dog yeah. fights from yeah. the, as opposed to like Babylon 5 where it, you've got yeah. proper zero G yeah. fighting and stuff like that yeah but it's pretty rare particularly in TV sci-fi it's just so difficult to do zero G yeah. but you'd never have zero G inside the TARDIS but of Probably course not. Doctor Who gave us the famous zero G without which there would have been no, no 2001 Okay, is Will in space doing it? The, you uh, know the Cybermen, the Cybermen, mm-hmm. zero G in it across the moon. Okay, well it's not quite zero G, is it? It's, no, but uh, it was it's low gravity. It's low it? gravity. But they were trying to work out how to do some of the zero G in two thousand and one, and apparently phone calls and contacts were made. <laughs> Someone well, yeah. saw that. Yeah. Mm, okay. Do we have any more feedback? Uh, we have a feedback here from Catherine. Ah, not the, the dragon, dragon maker. Yes. Yes. Hello, Catherine. Oh, oh. Hello, hello, Staggers. Hello, Terence. Hello, Head of Pertwee. Hello, Head of Pertwee. Yeah, we haven't forgotten you. No, Inky no, no. McSpurts a lot. Uh, handles. <laughs> Terence, Mummy says hello. Dangerous Churchill, Nazi Spock. Various other things. Yes, but they've gone. What's that? Grunhilda Nobnacker. Yeah, I can't see her. I thought she's behind the bookcase. Yeah, no, she's on the other side. There's one over there. But she, you notice there's also one doing contortions beside <laughs> yeah. his chair. Oh, it's just the face. Anyway. She's that Clara wearing an Amy mask. <laughs> hello, Staggers. Hello, Terence. Hello, Head of Pert. We see everyone says hello, Head of Pert. Yeah. I, I hope all is well over there. No, I haven't heard anything. Should I have? Perhaps just anxiety's kicking up. Don't mind me. Okay. Yeah, everything's good. Fine. The Portable Door movie sounds like a fun watch, but I wasn't able to find it on my streaming services. I'll keep an eye out for it. It was originally done by Stan, wasn't it? Yes. And uh, was it Sky? Stan and Sky. So it was originally only shown on Stan streaming service. Yeah, which is Australian. It's the Australian version of Dave, I think. I, I don't know. Something like that. I honestly don't know. Anyway. The Crotons. Now this I have seen. Mm. I love Zoe's plastic fantastic outfit. Yeah. I think Very short. I think Crumbly had a problem with that. Yeah. Problem? I don't know. <laughs> the Crotons themselves are yet another case of it looked good on paper yeah. Yeah. and less so when they actually have to move. Yes. I'm looking at you, girl guards. <laughs> Yeah. The first time I came across the Crotons was in the 8th Doctor BBC book Alien Bodies. 
And I've got to say, they look better there. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, sure. I think they gave them a, a bump up. Yeah. Yeah, they were static. Yeah, yeah. The interaction between Doctor and Zoe, especially the last episode, was just so much fun to watch. Yeah. I agree with y'all. The Gons aren't going to last a week after the TARDIS crew leaves. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Probably not even that. No. That's it for me this time round. Be well all and on Catherine Dragonmaker. Thank, Thank you. you I have to admit, I like the Doctor, Jamie, Zoe combination yeah. more yes. than the Doctor, Victoria, Jamie combination. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Again, Victoria was a screamer. Yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> Vic, no disrespect, Victoria was completely out of her depth in virtually everything. She was very much a damsel in distress. Yeah. Whereas yeah. Uh, Zoe brought a bit more to it. Proactive. Yeah. Made Jamie more <laughs> the damsel in distress half the yeah. time, which is, is, is funnier. Yeah, and yeah. uh, Victoria being in that situation. I think, as I said, they all bounced off of each other. And certainly Zoe's ego seems to be as big as the Doctor's yes. ego at times. Oh, yeah. Which is very much, in a good way, but mm. butting heads. They're, yeah, they're more like siblings, aren't they? The Doctor and Zoe, whereas yeah. Victoria and Doctor, it's almost paternal yeah. thing going yeah. on there. It's a different dynamic. So, before we say adieu, goodbye, adieu. and bugger off. <laughs> yep. It's over to Crumbly's Corner. Hello, Crumbly here. Sorry I'm not a tonight's podcast, but I'm doing a Crumbly's Corner so I can share my thoughts and opinions about what's being discussed here. Where should I start first? Dragonfire, methinks. This was the first time I'd seen this uh, Sylvester McCoy episode, and it is very much a parting of the ways and an ushering in of the new. Mel is departing and going back to Peace Pottage via a little adventuring, and in comes Ace, formerly from Perivale, but now serving milkshakes on an ice planet. I think I'm correct in saying that the uh, producers wanted to make Sylvester McCoy's tenure as the Doctor more fun and light-hearted. This is highlighted by the uh, reappearance of the rogue uh, Sabalon Glitz, originally first seen in Trial of a Time Lord. All I can say is an uneasy alliance is formed and capers ensue. In some scenes, you do have to uh, suspend disbelief. Why would the Doctor climb over a set of railings and suspend himself by his umbrella over a bottomless chasm? Even more odd was the fact that when Sabalon Glitz rescued the Doctor, a ledge running along the bottomless chasm had mysteriously appeared. Now, what can I say about the creature? When I first saw its head come out of the darkness, I thought, ooh, this looks good. But as the episode progressed... I was expecting to see Ritz Galore being issued by 20th Century Fox and Brandywine Productions. H.L. Giger must have been hopping up and down, steam coming out of his ears, at the uh, shameless copying of everyone's favourite xenomorph. Additionally, Glitz's ship being called the Nosferatu, not the Nostromo, and the scenes where the creature is being hunted by soldiers with motion sensors attached to their weapons. There was even a little lost girl in this episode. I wonder if her name was Newt. Plagiarism is thy name, I think. Even the rude milkshake seller, first seen in the first episode, buys the farm, and Kane, the ruler, commits suicide in a, a spectacularly messy fashion. Dragonfire was an enjoyable enough episode to watch, even with the blatant rip-offs of the Alien franchise. On to Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Amongst Thieves. What can I say about this movie is that it was filmed with a tongue firmly planted in cheek. Chris Pine, post-Star Trek, is the charming villain on a quest to find a relic that will bring his wife back from the dead. There are quite a few Monty Python-esque moments in it, like questioning revived courtives, 
and using a teleportation staff whose use bears a rather uncanny uh, resemblance to the gun used in the uh, portable video games. Throw in an obese dragon and a Reggie Jean Page, recently of Bridgerton fame, as a paladin who is so virtuous and noble it hurts. The only fly in the ointment is Hugh Grant. I've always thought of him as an obnoxious knob, and his character, Forge Fitzwilliam, is exactly the same. Uh, if you want some good laughs, then you can't go far wrong with Dungeons & Dragons. I'd like to close this crumbly corner uh, with a 30-ish second recommendation. Noodle, the CGI cat, came to my attention a month or so back when he first appeared on Britain's Got Talent. He was up on the stage singing a rendition of an old Nina Simone song covered by Michael Bublé. He astounded and baffled the judges in equal measures. Upon doing a little digging, I found a series of um, animated shorts on YouTube featuring him and his friend Bun the dog. Throw in a bizarre melange of other animals, including an aggressive mole, a vampire bat that lives in the fireplace, and a duck with an unblinking Donald Pleasant-like stare, and who moves you know, somewhat like a weeping angel, and you have a series of uh, animations that are funny, touching, slightly unnerving, and surreal in equal measures. We also discover that a rubber chicken can be used as a weapon of mass destruction. That brings me to the end of, to the end of this uh, Crumbly's Corner. So I'll be back in the studio for the next podcast. So until then, this is me, Crumbly, saying, be seeing you. Thank you, Crumbly. Thank you. That was insightful as ever and a bit disturbing. (laughs) (laughs) It's even more disturbing not having him here than having him here. (laughs) Yeah, it's a disembodied voice drifting out across the land. So. And so, dear listeners, that brings us to the end of another podcast. Thank God. But never fear. Oh, God. In the next one, there'll be more of the same. Why? More fun, frivolity, and jollity. Fun? You call order. this fun? More news and reviews, more who, old, and new. So until that. D for da- dragons, yes. D for dragons. D for dragons. Delightfully. Depressingly. Can't even say it. Deeply. Decadently. Deadly dandelions of death. Dawdling. Demonstrously towards us. Despondently. This is me, Adam. Dejectedly. This is me, Adam, saying goodbye. Au revoir. Nothing travels faster than the speed of light, with the possible exception of bad news, which obeys its own special laws. You have been listening to Staggering Stories Podcast Series 1, Number 421, featuring Adam J. Purcell, Gene Riddler and Keith Dunn. The views expressed here are those of the speaker and don't necessarily represent those of the other speakers or the site. No copyright infringement is intended and this is an El Presidente production for www.staggeringstories.net. Hang on, let's fiddle about with it a bit. That's that. Fiddling I like, like a little fiddle <laughs> in the afternoon or evening. I meant to say there was speculation on the forums that the Paladin character. Oh, yeah, didn't mention him, did we? Yeah. The Paladin character is actually played by the Games Master to get the party back on course. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Could be. I am not going to sign out with a letter because I can never do it. <laughs> Unless someone else wants to give it a try. Well, uh, 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 join us. Uh, you've got it actually written down, haven't you? I've got the spiel somewhere. He's oh, got the spiel! He's got the spiel. I'm forever blowing bubbles. <laughs>
bubbles in the air. They climb so high, they reach the sky. Then, like my dreams, they fade and die.